Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Tuesday, May 23rd. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. There's a grain that's a lot more drought-resistant than wheat or corn. I'm real impressed with it. I've never seen a crop that stood the heat and stood the drought and still made me money, okay? Millets are an ancient grain that could gain more popularity now that the United Nations has declared 2023 the International Year of Millets. We'll have that story in just a few minutes. The St. Louis Reparations Commission has given black St. Louisans a forum to discuss how they can repay them for generations of racist policies. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. The commission met at Harris Stowe State University to hear from people in the community about ways the city can compensate African Americans for racism they have faced over the years. About 15 black St. Louisans said they would like to hear more about what reparations would entail and the commission's specific plans on who would receive reparations. Residents also told members of the commission that black families need better health care and education and resources to own homes and businesses. The commission's next public meeting is at noon on June 24th at New Northside Family Life Center. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. The 84-year-old Kansas City area man accused of shooting a black teen wants his case kept out of the public eye. An attorney for Andrew D. Lester has told a Clay County judge that his client has been harassed, threatened, and called a racist following news coverage of the case. 16-year-old Ralph Yarl was shot in April after the teen mistakenly rang Lester's doorbell. Lester's attorney, Steve Salmon, says continuing media coverage could ruin his client's chance for a fair trial. But the issue is, is that should be done in a court of law. It should not be done in the public with the media, because we can already see what that's done thus far. Lester was not in court for yesterday's hearing. His attorney says he is not well. County prosecutors are fighting the request to seal details of the case. The judge did not make a decision yesterday. A Missouri ballot measure could determine if child care centers will receive tax breaks. As St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports, business leaders say the measure could give owners money to improve or expand their businesses. State lawmakers approved the proposal to help child care centers save money and use the funds to hire and retain workers. The proposal would allow exemptions for real and personal property taxes. The measure has garnered support from statewide business leaders who say many workers face obstacles looking for childcare options. Heidi Sutherland is the Missouri Chamber of Commerce and Industries Director of Legislative Affairs. She says child care centers could use the money to address staff shortages and high tuition. It would really just be a help to be able to put that money toward expanding or improving the quality of life for their workers and getting more staffers. The measure is expected to appear on the November 2024 ballot. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis's public utilities director says water rates in the city need to go up 40 percent because of increasing costs and old equipment. The Post-Dispatch reports Kurt Scobie is calling for a couple of 20 percent hikes in the next fiscal year. The first would come in July, the second in January. He says the department has been relying on reserve funding. The last time the city increased water rates was 2011. That followed jumps in 2008 and 2010. A dust storm this month that led to the death of eight people on an Illinois interstate was caused in part by excessive winds carrying topsoil from nearby fields. 
More than 70 vehicles were involved in crashes on Interstate 55 south of Springfield. Experts say it points to the bigger problem of soil erosion. Illinois state climatologist Trent Ford says factors contributing to the accident were in place long before the wind picked up. A dust storm is kind of like wildfire where you have conditions that lead up to it that are actually completely separate from the conditions that actually set it in motion. Ford says a lack of April rainfall led to several inches of dry topsoil that was further loosened by farming activity. Longtime St. Louis Post-Dispatch baseball writer Rick Hummel has died. The newspaper reports he had a short, aggressive illness. Hummel was on the paper's baseball beat for 50 years. He retired last year. Hummel was enshrined in the National Baseball Hall of Fame in 2006. STL Sports Pages' Rob Raines describes Hummel as kind, helpful, and a joy to be around. He also tweets, the press box lost a giant. Hummel was 77. Twenty twenty three is the international year of millets, at least the United Nations has declared it so. Millets are a type of small grain mostly grown in parts of Asia and Africa. And part of the UN's interest is that millets are nutritious, good for diversifying global foods, and drought resistant. That last quality could make them useful for US farmers, especially as some parts of the country face deepening drought. Harvest Public Media's Eva Tesfai reports. In central Missouri, Linus Rothermick grows the typical corn and soybeans that can be seen in fields across the Midwest. But he also grows something called Japanese millet. Earlier this spring, before planting, Rothermick pulled out a bag of seeds and poured them on his kitchen table for me to see. Oh, they're tiny. Yeah, actually this is seed to be planted with. Okay. So, so I took it out of a bag that was going to be for, for seed to plant it with this morning. Rothermick started planting Japanese millet in 1993. Golly, I have to think how far back that is. But uh, I was a young man, and I was looking for alternatives, crops to grow to make more money, and we just weren't making a lot of money in agriculture then. There are a lot of different millets. There's the Japanese millet, Rothermick grows, pearl millet, proso millet, foxtail. You could even consider sorghum a millet. And Rothermick likes that the input costs are low. He spends a lot more money on his corn and soybean crops. Millets also tend to need less fertilizer. They're more resistant to insects and diseases, although sometimes birds like to eat it. And many millets are known to be incredibly drought resistant. Matt Little, a farmer just outside of Arnett, Oklahoma, started growing proso millet last year. He was shocked by how well it did through the extreme heat and the drought. I'm real impressed with it. I've never seen a crop that stood the heat and stood the drought and still made me money, okay? The UN's Food and Agriculture Organization wants to see the millets market grow, in part because of their climate resiliency, but also because they're nutritious and could help diversify the global food system. But millets haven't gotten the same policy, investment, and research attention that corn, wheat, and rice have received, says Makiko Taguchi, an agricultural officer with the organization. Millets being a, a neglected crop, if I may put it that way, there's a lot of opportunities for millets to contribute to the sustainable development goals. Which is why the UN named 2023 the year of millets, to bring the grains more attention. Taguchi points to the success of a similar campaign for quinoa. Millets are getting attention at the University of Missouri's Center for Regenerative Agriculture, which is providing information to farmers on the grains. But Director Rob Meyer says more research is needed to really advance the crop. 
if you spend an extra million dollars on corn research, you don't necessarily advance the state of corn science very much. But if you spent a million dollars on millet research, you might suddenly <laughs> create a whole lot of new information that we didn't have before. And millets are versatile. Meyer says that there are some that would do well in drier states like Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma and Texas. Other millets would be better in places that are prone to flooding, like the Missouri and Mississippi river bottoms. But millets don't have much of a market in the U.S. yet, except for birdseed. It's not as well known as other crops. Ram Paramal, the head of Kansas State University's millet breeding program, says it doesn't get the same level of federal protection as, say, corn and soybeans. Those are all cash crops. They have uh, insurance there, price is there, market is there, commodity grant support is there. He's hoping that the UN Year of Millets will help garner more support for the crop. In Ames, Iowa, farmer Jeff Taylor says he started growing proso millet about six years ago with the help of a privately funded startup that's researching and breeding the grain. He says that the government can help farmers try new crops like millets by providing federal programs that lower the risk for them. It would be wonderful if crops like proso millet were, were researched more and there were some incentives for farmers to to consider planting alternative crops outside of just corn and soybeans. He says a lot of the farmers he knows would like to try something other than rows and rows of the usual crops and grow something new. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Eva Tesfai. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest. Ashley Lissenby is the news director of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.